Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Dorks of the Roundtable. My name is Cody. And I'm Nick. Alright, and to follow up from our episode of last week about Iron Man, which was obviously a pretty good discussion. Iron Man, a fan favorite. Um, And we decided that who better to do a battle against him than Batman. So this week we will be discussing Batman. And uh, I'm quite excited about this one. Batman obviously is another phenomenal character. Um, He's my favorite, as I mentioned last week. I absolutely love Batman. I find him just... Obviously we know that uh, Batman has a a hit and miss kind of reputation with fans. Some people love him, some people hate him. I feel like if you hate him, you're wrong. But (laughs) Your opinion doesn't matter. (laughs) But nonetheless, uh, let's get into it. All right, so let's go over some of the basics here. Um, Batman, uh, his original uh, issue was Detective Comics number 27. That came out on March 30th of 1939, which was not that much longer than Superman. He's old. He is old. Um, in fact, in the research I was doing, it said that like they created him with the intention of creating him somebody like Superman in a way. Like... In the vein of what Superman was and stood for and stuff like that. Just not necessarily Superman. Just a lot more of a ball. Right, yeah. Uh, In fact, originally, one of the things I discovered was Batman originally was very brutal and was not afraid to, like, kill or maim the the bad guys. Right, so we all know that Batman's always been more on the brutal side as far as his his manner of attack. But, uh, yeah... Because I think the Batman that you and I have grown up with has always been the one rule is we don't kill people. Sure. So. Unless. Nah, that's the story. Right, obviously there's some odds and ends storylines where that's not the case, but. Um, and then, so obviously his true name is Bruce Wayne. Um, he's born into the Wayne family who was unfathomably rich, especially back in the day. Um, so he was born in. Gotham City, which I a lot of times equivalent to New York City. Um, in fact, that's one of New York's nicknames is Gotham. You know, probably for that very reason. I would suspect what other reason could it possibly be, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah. So then we got... Uh, so we got some of his... He doesn't really have powers. We all know he's not really a, a superhero, per se, but he is. He just doesn't have actual uh, powers. He does have a genius level IQ. Uh, in fact, it's stated at 192, which higher than even Einstein. Uh, he has ranged, his estimated IQ range from 160 to 180. Batman has a 192. So, you know, that's pretty high. Uh, he's an expert uh, level detective. In fact, his nickname is the world's greatest detective. Uh, he's skilled, he's a skilled martial artist and a hand-to-hand combatant. Um, he utilizes high-tech equipment and weapons. Uh, they always throw that in there. I don't really consider that abilities. That's just what he has. Gadgets. I think I think it's kind of more along the lines of like similar to Iron Man where they're not things that a normal person would have access to. They're either things that he himself has made or that he has access to because of his wealth. Sure. So I guess it's not really a power per se, but it is certainly out of the realm of most people's grasp i guess you could say not only that it's some a lot of people couldn't use it even if they had access to it 
you know, they're not smart don't enough understand to understand how, or, yeah. yeah, they can't put it to work the way that it would need to be used. Because um, even if you have access to a hammer drill or some other tool, if you don't know what you're doing with it, what good is it? Right. You can't use it for anything, right? Um, so now we have some of his allies slash foes. Um, for team affiliations, we've got obviously the Justice League. It's the big one. It's like the Avengers. It's one everybody knows. Some of the smaller ones, I you know, I, I know the Bat family, Batman family. Right. Um, that's the obvious ones. That's him, Robin, Nightwing, um, uh, Batwoman, stuff like that. Alfred, we would consider one probably. Lucius Fox, probably in that category as well. Oracle. Um, and you have Batman of All Nations, which that one I didn't really know much about, but it's kind of like... League of Nations in a way. It's like he's got different people that all... He has different people fighting around the world kind of for the cause that he set up. I gotcha. Um, and then Batman Inc. I didn't know much about that one, but another corporation and you know, group. And the Outsiders, which is exactly what it says. They're, they're superheroes that don't really fit into the mold of what a superhero normally is. They kind of have different skill sets or abilities that don't fall into the regular categories. Right. Um, then there's partnerships such as with all the Robins, specifically Tim Drake. Um, why can't I think of the other one's name? It's the most common one. Oh, uh, Tim Drake. Oh God, my brain just went blank. We'll figure it out. (laughs) Everybody knows Robin. Um, we have Nightwing, which is said original, um, Robin, but as he kind of goes and does his own thing, he ends up becoming Nightwing. I can't believe that we can't think of this Yeah, I'm not proud of myself. My brain is literally frying right now. We got Alfred Pennyworth, who is his butler, but also, in a lot of ways, he's like his man. Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson. There you go. Tim Drake and Dick Grayson are the two most popular, most common Robins. Uh, And Dick Grayson is the one who becomes Nightwing in most iterations. Can't believe it took Um, that long. Then we have, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> we have James Gordon, who's Commissioner Gordon, but at the beginning is not a commissioner. He's just regular detective. And then we have Catwoman. She falls on both sides of the line. I know in recent comics, Catwoman uh, ends up marrying Batman, actually, uh, which is interesting. So they actually finally tie the knot. And a lot of times they're shown together, but... A lot of times they're not. Yeah. But they always have that kind of like I think they tension. both they both kinda live the same type of uh a code in their head. Yeah. Like they're they do bad things or questionable things for the greater good. Right. They have like a code that they live by. Right, right. Um we have Batgirl, who's was Oracle or becomes Oracle. Sorry, Batgirl becomes Oracle once she's paralyzed by Joker. Um, and then we have Superman, obviously part of the Justice League. Wonder Woman, part of the Justice League. And Lucius Fox, who is like his, I don't know, manager, if you will, in yeah. a lot of ways. Um, you can include all the other Justice League members in here, but the list would go on for quite some time. So obviously, those are the important ones. Those are the most popular ones. Those are the ones everybody knows about. Um, and then, as far as enemies, dear God, you can go on forever. Like I said, something that when we were talking about this earlier, um, when you think about Batman's enemies, the thing I find most interesting about his list of foes is that 
it almost seems like almost all of them feel like a, a main important villain. They're thing. a major threat. Yeah. And you don't get that with every hero. A lot of heroes, you have, like, one or two, like, big villains that seem to be a thorn in their side. And then, like, the rest of them are just kind of, like, little nonsense ones. They just create stories for other comics. But his villains seem to hang around, and they're always, like, reoccurring and being a big problem for him. I mean, obviously, we know, like, Joker is the pinnacle of his... The pinnacle of any arch rival, to be honest with you. Yeah. But, um... But still, uh, his other villains are definitely uh, enough of a threat for it to feel like there's still a major, major story yeah, to be course. heard. Of course. Um, in fact, when I was looking up information about this list and like looking up his enemies... Now, um, I offhand know several of his enemies just because, again, he's my favorite. He's my favorite right. superhero villain. So I, or yeah, supervillain, superhero... And I know a lot of his stuff, and they talk about a lot of even the less common ones in, like, the Arkham games. Mm. But the a list I came across was top 100 Batman villains. And you're like, no, that's, no, he had Yeah, that's villains. remarkable. That's remarkable that you could even pin that to someone. Because like, even, like, we were, like you were saying, even, like, villains that aren't his villain, per se, are still his villain. Lex Luthor is not typically considered Batman's villain. Yeah, it's Superman's villain. But generally. he's still Batman's but he's, villain. He's like Doctor Doom. He's a big enough of a thorn in people's sides where he kind of spans multiple right. Dark characters. Side is the same way. Dark yeah. Side is another thing. He's he's a villain of the Justice League, but he's kind of still a villain of Batman as well. Right. You know? Um, so we have the Joker, obviously. Um, we have Ra's al Ghul. A uh, very interesting character in a lot of media, and the Batman Begins. He was his teacher. Uh, you know, he taught him a lot of the things that he knows about fighting and combat. Uh, we have Catwoman again. She kind of gray area depends on which version of the Catwoman you're talking about. To be honest with you, right? We have Penguin. He's always interesting. Oswald Cobblepot. We have the Riddler. Um, we have Two Face. It's another one in the Dark Knight. He starts good mm-hmm. and, and a lot of iterations actually he starts good and he turns bad because of his accident um we have bane who is i think hasn't actually been given the chance he deserves to have the story told the right way because in the old batman movies you the bane that you have from i believe it, he was in he was the, in um, um batman forever right yeah with poison ivy with poison ivy yeah Freeze. He was just like a big doofus. big jock, yeah. He yeah. was like dumb and yeah. He was and, just just muscle and but he had the the venom, which right. was what made him that way. And then in uh, Dark Knight Rises, you had the more intellectual Bane, the better fighter Bane. He wasn't just I mean he was stupid strong, but he wasn't just brute strength. So, excuse me, I believe that was a closer iteration. You need a combo of the two. Right, that's what I was just going to say. He's a closer iteration to what Bane actually is in the comics. Yeah. But at the same time, he I think he he fit the the Nolan verse Batman because his Batman's more grounded in a realistic right. type of world. Right. Um but if you were to step into some of these heroes with other you know supernatural abilities or however you want to phrase it 
a character like Bane with the Venom and stuff would be a much more logical option. Plus, we know that Christian Bale's Batman was not physically robust enough to take a whooping from that no, type of God, a Bane. No. Uh, I mean, if he couldn't stand up to that Bane that they had in the movie, I don't think he'd go toe-to-toe with a Bane that's juiced no. up. No, not Venom. Um, so we have, as well, we have Poison Abby briefly mentioned her. Um, she's also someone that flirts on the side of, like, seducing Batman. So she's not... I, I She's another one of those, like, anti-villains where she does bad stuff, but a lot of her things are very Thanos-like. Like, she's doing it for reasons she thinks is good. Right. Right. Um, we have Scarecrow. He's an interesting one as well. Um, we have Mr. Freeze, Victor Freeze, or Freeze, 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 however they... Freeze, yeah. I don't do accents well. Um, then we have Harley Quinn, who is, uh, Joker's girlfriend slash... Assistant, whatever you want. want Sidekick. Um, but also she becomes a Batman, uh, villain as well. Like, everybody does, it seems like, that's involved in the DC universe. Um, so yeah... We have those and many, many more. Uh, those are just the highlight ones, you know, obviously. Again, you could go on for quite some time talking about his rogues gallery of, of villains. So for important storylines, we got Under the Red Hood, the the origin of the Red Hood, um, and some iterations. I, I, I forget which joke or um, Robin it is. I believe it's Dick Grayson. But it might be Tim Drake. I can't remember. I think it's Dick Grayson ends up becoming him in one of the iterations. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of adds that interesting, like, Master versus Apprentice kind of thing. Um, we have Court of Owls. We have A Lonely Place of Dying, Batman A Year One, and Long Halloween are all the important storylines from what I was reading. Um, didn't get into too much about what they were about, to be honest with you. Um, but... They're all the big main ones that I found. Right. I'm like I was saying to you earlier, even though I know it's technically more of a Joker storyline, I think the Killing Joke is a good one to mention here. And uh, the reason, like I said, I pointed out to you is because I feel like the dynamic by the end of the story between him and Joker really shows a, a certain level of... Of location of like Batman's headspace and who he's become and how he's changed over the years battling Joker and he's gotten to the point where he doesn't want to kill him he doesn't even want to hurt him he wants to help him and even at that like Joker's like you know it's too late for me you know blah 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 mm. and like I thought that was so interesting to see this character that he's or this you know this guy he's hated he's despised for so long he fought him so many years and like he just got to the point where he's like I don't even I don't want to kill you I don't want to do anything I just I want to help you yeah and like that's a big turnaround for somebody like Batman but uh if I'm not mistaken I believe in that story also he fights Night Nightwing's going after him because he's mad like why haven't you killed him yeah, all yeah. these years everything that's happened why haven't you killed him and he's like because if I cross that line then there's no going back for me yeah. And, and he's I, no better than Joker. In that right. Point. And I, I think that... That's why I like 
so people give Bruce Wayne a lot of a lot of crap. Yeah, he's a brutal guy. He doesn't mind beating somebody up to to get his mission accomplished, but at the same time he still operates by some sort of a code. Yeah. And I mean he still has his humanity in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, he may be outside the box in a lot of ways and not always in positive ways, but you know, ultimately I would say at his core very much like we said last week with Iron Man, he's not a bad guy. No. He does bad things. Probably a lot more bad things than <laughs> Iron Man does. Yeah. But he's not a bad guy. No. He just has a different approach of getting the task accomplished. Um, to the point where, like, Gordon has to, like, turn his back. He's like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's like, I, we're watching him pummel this guy. Yeah, I, I, look at that. Over there, there's a butterfly. Um... <laughs> No, but yeah, he, you're right, that is a very important storyline as well, um, it, but there's so many important storylines. There are, I, I think that when you can get, okay, I think the interesting thing about a character like Batman, I think we're getting to the point where we can start deviating a little bit yeah, from yeah. Our, our list of stuff here. I think it's important to get a look into the psyche of a character like Batman. You have the dynamic of somebody like Batman or Joker and them playing off of each other. I mean, to get a look inside of what makes them tick and why they're doing what they're doing and behaving the way they are. And then especially in a storyline like that where you see them almost flip completely 180 on how they have been, you know, and start going the other way. It's very, very strange. I mean, even Joker at that moment, like in the end of that story, was like, you know, like... I'm not trying to kill you. You're not trying to kill me. He almost seemed like, in some way, he appreciated the thought that Batman wanted to help him. Mm. But he's like, it's too late for me. I'm just... This is me. I'm too far gone. There's nothing right. you can do. And it was almost sad. It was sad for both of them. And I don't like... Like, you don't expect to feel that about a character like Joker. Right. Who you almost, 90% of the time, are like, man, this guy probably should die. I mean, he really... Really, really doesn't have a redeeming value about him at no, all. No. And um, so when you... I, I love stories like that. When you can feel that type of an emotion towards a character that you normally wouldn't or shouldn't. And uh, sometimes Batman is the same way. He's one of them characters where... I mean, obviously you love him or you hate him, but he's a brutal guy. <laughs> I mean... I think one of the best things that you, to understand, like, I can't remember what um, what this was from exactly. I believe it was Justice League. Um, but, oh, that's what it was. Um, Wonder Woman asked uh, him and Superman to grab her lasso. I think it's when she first brought him. She asked him who they were. And Superman says he's Clark Kent. And Bruce says, I'm Batman. Mm-hmm. But it's not that he was lying, it's that truly at his that core, is yeah. he is Batman and Bruce Wayne is his facade. Yeah. And I think it's so strange, like like a character like him, like, like you realize like everything about his life is put on. Mm. Him being able to go out and do the things he does is him being who he is. Well, yeah, because like he, he didn't have a childhood, right? Like he was a little kid, a little preteen teenager, young teenager when his parents were murdered. Right? And it kind of just thrust him into this life. He spent the rest of his time 
trying to seek revenge and, and not only seek revenge, but get vengeance for the unjust, right? And like, even in... Uh, so He's in, almost like like a much more hardcore version of Robin Hood. Yeah. Minus like the money aspect. Right. He doesn't really need money. Um, but even in like, even in the Dark Knight movie, right? When you see the scene where he starting to discover Harvey Dent, right? He wants right. to he wants to see what he's all about. He wants to see if he likes him or not. So he invites him out to dinner with um his ex, still kind of love interest. And then his whatever fling girlfriend, whatever Russian supermodel, whatever she is to him. Right. At his own restaurant, obviously. And then uh he's like talking to him a little bit and just you get that vibe of he's kind of like a d-hole but you realize like you said it's not really he's not really like that that's just what he puts off because he knows that's what people expect somebody like him to be like right and that's just the facade of who he is or another good example of that was um towards the end of the first movie um where Ra's al Ghul's gotten into his house and um he basically gives them an opportunity to tell everybody the situation. And rather than do that, he plays up his role as Bruce Wayne by acting like he's drunk and tells everybody to leave. Mm-hmm. So he opted to do that and make himself look like, you know, that kind of a guy rather than to be honest and say, hey, this is what's really happening. Because he has to maintain that... that <laughs> In that manner, facade. He's the complete opposite of Iron Man. Tony Stark's like, yeah, I'm Iron Man. Bruce Wayne's like, no, I'm just Bruce Wayne. He'll yeah. do anything to prevent people from knowing who he is. Iron Man's like, no, I, yeah. I'm well, Iron and I think that, I think the difference is like you get behind somebody like Tony Stark. He's easy to to get behind. His his charisma, and all that it makes people gravitate towards him. But it's authentic. Right. Because that's really who he is. He is Tony Stark. He is Iron Man. They're, they're you know, one and the, the same Interchangeable. Being. They're synonyms. Right. And, um, you know, whereas Bruce is more withdrawn. He's withdrawn into himself. And, like we said, you know, Bruce Wayne is a character to him. It's who he pretends to be during the day because that's what people expect from him. He has to live that life. You know, he has to maintain that front so that when nobody's watching him, he can go and live this life. And I think the difference is is that if people knew who Batman was, he would be in jail. Oh, yeah. Because everybody knows Batman is this big, scary, brutish nightmare of a guy. And he literally beats criminals to a bloody pulp. On his own with no, no... Observation of of the law by right. any means. I mean, they both break laws, but it's harder for. I guess it's easier for somebody like Tony Stark to stay out of jail for those reasons than it is for somebody like Bruce. So I feel like he would, if people knew who he was, he'd be more likely to get in trouble than than Tony would. I guess that's a where they oppose on that that level. I did notice though a parallel between. Um, <laughs> <laughs> their uh their life like he, I am Iron Man, I'm Batman. 
Right, yeah, yeah. Like, they both, like, they're both rich. They both use high tech. They're both highly intelligent. I mean, this really is shaping up to be a, a great matchup. I mean, like, I always knew it would be, but, like, the, the more we've sat and thought about it as we've been going through this stuff, I'm like, wow, there's parallels here, here, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, and then you've got, you got the aspects of who is better at what. We'll get into that during the fight, but I think there are definitely as many opposites as there are parallels, too. Right. Um, but, again, that's for the next episode, which is going to be really good. We should tune in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and it's just... He's he's such a fascinating character. and He's he's built in a lot of layers, like, like Ogres. I was, you beat me to it. Um, but, yeah, he just... And, and pretty much every iteration of him, too, with the exception of George Clooney's, is, fan, like, is fantastic. Like, there's really not been that many bad Batman iterations, per se. Like, even Ben Affleck's wasn't... It wasn't bad. It just wasn't the right you know, choice. You want to know something sad? I mean, we, we sit here and we, like, rip on some of the, like, 90s movies... Like George Clooney's movies, uh, even um, even Val Kilmer's was not really that great. No, I think that it was uh, a twofold problem. It was the era, and it was them trying to create a certain feel for the movie that just doesn't work with the type of character. I don't think it was the actors that were the problem. No. I don't. I don't even think it was the suit. You know what? I actually well, bat nipples was an issue. I don't know. It almost, in a way, it felt like it worked. In a way, it felt weird. Cody's just really into men's nipples. Yes. It doesn't bother... The suits never really bothered me. If I had to say one bothered me, it was at the end of the George Clooney one where they put all the silver stuff on it. Yeah. That was a little too much. But I never really minded the, the looks of the suits. But the, the stories were... It, it just felt too goofy. Yeah. Like, I get, like... Like back when they had like Adam West doing it, that was you had to be that type of a, a situation because TV was different then. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're talking like the era where you couldn't even have people, a couple sleeping in the same bed on TV type of a thing. So television was much different. So there's an exception there, but once we've gotten into this realm where this violence and stuff is more acceptable in in, in film and things like that, like I would have suspected. That they would have... Honestly, I think that's why Michael Keaton's movies held up all these years. Yeah. Because although it has its issues, they walked the route that made sense for the character. They, at least in in most respects. And I think if they had done that movie with Michael Keaton now, I think it would, would have been much better. Even that much better, I should say. Mm. Um, obviously, I know that... Michael Keaton's Batman is going to be making an appearance in the the Flash movie that's coming out soon. We don't know how much, but he's going to be in it. Well, least. I know that they've released pictures of his costume, which I'm not sure how I feel about that. But I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, it just Batman's one of them characters that's been been beaten to death in a lot of ways. Mm. And at the same time, you still just want to keep seeing him. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think it. I don't think it's the problems they've beat it to death and that they've overused it. Some people might feel that, 
I think Batman's always welcome to me. Yeah, absolutely. But it's that he's been overutilized, but not in a an effective way. Sure. And I think that's the problem. So, like, what we really need for, out of a Batman is a middle line. We need somewhere between Christian Bale's Batman and Ben Affleck's. Like, perhaps, like, the the behavioral aspects of Christian Bale's Batman... You know what I mean? Like the the aggressive demeanor and stuff like that and the behavior. But with like the size and the brutish strength and fighting style of Ben Affleck's Batman. I think if you could get a blend of those two, we would finally have a really, really good Batman. Well, see, the thing is like... my To be honest with you, my favorite actual iteration of Batman mm-hmm. in any media... Is from the animated series. Oh, for sure. And yeah, but I, I guess I was talking just movies. But well, yeah. sure. But Kev, so what they need to do is they need to find a way to, to take Kevin Conroy's Batman and make that Batman a movie because his version has stood up the test of time. Yeah, it's still by isn't it ironic though that after all these years, two best characters out of a Batman franchise at all are both from that series, yeah. Joker. Mark Hamill is still a legend, and he's still the best version of Joker. Absolutely, and, and that's and that's no knock on Heath Ledger. I, no, live action hands down. I Heath Ledger love Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker. I love Jack Nicholson's version of the Joker, but his Joker it was a different Joker. It was his, it's it's his own thing. It was Jack Napier. That version of Joker worked for what. They were trying to tell that story. Right, and that time era and all that, it's different. And I get it, like, it's subjective to the, the the era. You know what I mean? Like, but they tried something and it worked. Mm-hmm. But Heath Ledger took it in what I would say is a believable yeah. direction. That's a character where you could say, okay, here's this guy. He's literally just off his rocker. Doesn't give a crap about anything. Nothing. What does he want? Go ahead and you tell me. You tell me what he wants. Nothing. He doesn't want money. He burned millions of dollars. It means nothing to him. Yeah. He doesn't care. He doesn't need guns. He doesn't need toys. He doesn't need money. He doesn't need people. He just literally, and to quote Michael Caine, some people just want to watch the world burn. That's all he cares. He just wants chaos. That's what he thrives in. Yeah. Doesn't Nothing phases him. Batman pummels him, he just laughs. Like, it's nothing. Well, that's what he said to Harvey Dent. He introduced a little anarchy and everything turns to chaos. Yeah. And he's like, what'd he say? I, everybody knows I love chaos. Something, something, something like that. And, uh, I mean, it's just true. It's just, it's who he is. And I mean, I mean, I, I, I've said it. Mark Hamill physically doesn't fit no. The description of Joker. So I feel like, you know, I, I feel like, I hate almost suggesting that, but to get the most ideal Joker, we have a couple options. I have another Joker. Obviously, we know we want to see um, before he dies at some point. I hope that they uh, cast Willem Dafoe as the Joker. Yeah. I just want to see it because I feel like it would be great. But I feel like to get, like, the truest, like, like the best Joker that we could probably get would be to do a C- either a full CGI Joker 
voiced by Mark Hamill or to get somebody who physically fits Joker and do a makeup on him, elongate his chin and stuff, you know what I mean? Get him to look like the, like the Arkham Joker. And either they can replicate the voice of like Mark Hamill's Joker or something along those lines or dub it over with Mark Hamill's voice. I feel like that would be like... Like, how do you get, like, the best Joker that you could put in a movie? Right. And I'm like, because everybody loves Mark Hamill's Joker. I mean, I, I just don't, I like, when I think of Joker, that I hear his voice. His laugh. His and laugh. Just, the, just something about the way he does it is just, it just sticks with you. I mean, obviously, we grew up in the 90s, so it probably hits home a little bit more to us. We grew up yeah, with... Mark Hamill, I don't care anybody says is the greatest voice actor that's ever lived. He is. He's certainly up there on the the list of of probably at least top five. He does no wrong in voice acting. Now, another interesting thing would be, what if you took and had Kevin Conroy do the voice of just Batman? Right? Like, use that as an excuse where, like, Christian Bale, he does that that, that weird voice that he did, which I think fit his Batman. I know people don't like it, but I think it fit his Batman. What if Kevin Conroy did that same thing? He voiced over all of Batman's lines and then went over... So the actor was Bruce Wayne. It was that actor. Well, you want to... On the topic of the voices for Batman, I found out actually just the other day I was watching a video and they said that when Robert, Robert Pattinson started filming for this new movie that's coming out, um, he wanted to do something different than Christian Bale and Ben Affleck. So he tried almost like a like a whisper type of a voice i don't know how that's how they explained it and they said they got like i don't remember if it was a few hours or days into filming and like they were just getting sick of it and they're like you need to stop or you're gonna be gone basically and they (laughs) he says then somebody comes up and tells me you know that's what uh christian bale tried to do when they started filming for this movie, he wanted to be different, so he tried doing, like, the same type of voice you're trying to do. And that just doesn't work. You have to have a gruff voice yeah. of some type to go with Batman. It just doesn't make sense. Um, But I agree. You need a voice like his, Kevin Conroy's, to... It just works. That's why I love voice actors, because they just... You hear them and like this voice is great. Like it doesn't always match what they look like, but you imagine this voice coming out of this character and has just fit Batman very well. Um, like if I hear it, I'm like, hey, there's Bruce Batman. You know what I mean? Talk about Kevin Conroy. Yeah, like because he's he's done it. I mean, obviously other people have done it for movie like animated stuff, and I'd say they're pretty good. But arguably, again, like we're saying, it's just I feel like that's the best. There's a reason he did the. He's been doing it for 30 years, 40 years. Right. There's a reason. Yeah, that's why when they're making an animated Batman movie, they're like, mm, let's call up Kevin. Right. It's not even a question. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a question by any means. Um, <laughs> But even like like you were saying, back to like... So with like Adam West, he fit perfectly for what they needed him to do for that version of Batman. Right. He was campy. He was goofy. That's what, like you said, that's what needed to be back then. And 
they hadn't written the Dark Knight series yet. And that didn't come out until the 80s. Right. Once that came out, that was the true inspiration for Tim Burton's version, right. which took place with Michael Keaton. And that was the version that kind of like stuck. You know, that's the version that was like, well, that, that was really good. It worked really well. And then everybody was trying to re, re, you know, recreate it until Christopher Nolan did it. And it did it. he did it pretty well. I think that Christopher Nolan had had an, an original idea and take on it, and it worked. Mm. Um, I'm not telling you it was the best version of the characters ever, because it wasn't. It has its, no. its flaws. But for the, the direction they were moving with it, it made sense. And it's not to say that that couldn't have ever changed. You know what I mean? Like, that story couldn't have evolved into something more. Like, we talked about why couldn't it have been introduced into the Justice League at some point in time. But I think if you had developed characters down the road to to meld into his story, I could see where you could take a Batman like, like his and then blend it into a story with characters that have powers that are way outside of the realm of a realistic possibility. They did it. They did it with Marvel. Right. Iron Man was the first one. His was based hard in reality, just science, technology, and money. Yeah. And look what happened. They introduced gods and aliens, and it, it worked perfect. But that's the point, and I think, like we said, that's where DC has failed. Is that there's not. Okay, I mean, you have to. What did we learn in school? You have to have a, every story has a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? The Green Theorem. Yes. You you can't you can't just jump around and throw stuff together and hope it works. It's not it just doesn't make sense. You can't have a massive story arc with no build up. And that's exactly what we've gotten out of the DCEU is like these these massive story arcs, but there's no prelude that that got you from point A to point B. There's no story, there's no context, and it just leaves you like okay, like, we're here, it's kind of cool, but, like, why? Like, I am not connected to these characters in any way. And, uh, unfortunately, that had a massive effect, I think, on on my ability to, like, um, Ben Affleck's Batman. One, I don't think Ben Affleck fit Batman, or Bruce Wayne, really, at all. I just didn't think it worked. Not hating on him at all. I don't think he's a bad actor. I've liked him in other stuff. I just don't feel like he worked for Batman. Superheroes don't seem to be the way to go for him. I did not mind him as Daredevil. I don't know why everybody hated on that so much. I don't. I don't necessarily think I minded him per se as Daredevil. I just didn't like Daredevil, the movie yeah. itself. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mind. I liked his costume and I liked him as the character. The movie was eh. it was all right. It wasn't horrible, but you know, I just, I don't know. I just don't feel like he works as Batman. He doesn't. Doesn't exude the right type of behavior and convey the feelings that I want to experience from his character. Now, what they did now, I felt, was for once, his fighting style is just monstrous. Yeah. He is literally just a brute. He's quick. He's agile. And he hits, hits you. like a tank. He hits like a tank. I mean, I, obviously, I think they went a little overboard because he was legit killing people. But, like, that scene where he, like, punched a dude to the side of the head and he, like, literally did, like, almost, like, a flip. He he punched him into a scorpion. Yeah. 
Like, how do you hit somebody that hard? Like, obviously, you know, it's not realistic, but bone-breaking Batman. That's what I expect. That's how he is in the comics. He's not necessarily killing people, but he's hurting them really bad. Yeah. Whereas, it's not to say, like, Christian Bale's Batman, we didn't get, like... He's not, not hurting people. He most certainly is. But it's more of a realistic... Yeah. You know what I mean? Martial artsy kind of yeah, it's, fighting. It's more grounded. And, um... You know, it's it's grounded to the point where, yeah, you feel like he could probably fight, like, 10, 20 people. But I feel like, you know, like, Batman's, like, abilities don't make sense in yeah, the comics. they should And that's the point. He's not... He's based in realism, but at the same time, he's really well, not. Like I said, uh, you said that his squat was... Uh, no, no, it's his deadlift. His deadlift... Ranges yeah, anywhere from 600 to 1,000 pounds from what I was seeing. But I told you that I've, I've read before that his his bench was 1,000 pounds. Right. If he's benching 1,000 pounds, and it's dead his deadlift or his squat's got to be more than that. Yeah. I mean, which is absurd for a human to begin with. It's not impossible. Not by any means. No. But just like you listed his... Uh, his stats at what six one six two six two ten two ten, which really is not that big of a guy. It's not at all. I mean, that's average weight for for an adult male, and it's a slightly above average height. Um, but I have nothing I would classify as tall. That's around my height, and I'm not even, I'm not really that tall, mm. you know per se. Um, rea- reality, I would expect. Somebody of his physical capabilities to be probably 6'4", at least, and probably around 300 pounds. At least close to 300. Dave Batista size. Just based on the amount of muscle mass it would require to do feats like that. Brock Lesnar, Dave Batista, those kind of guys. So you've got to have somebody who's got that type of physicality. I mean, if you look at him in the comics, he is that kind of big. There's no way you're telling me a guy that's that muscular is 210 pounds. So that's a, a, like a, a thing where I feel like they missed the mark. And that's probably like early on in the comics. Like that's, you know, what they listen yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's back in DC Detective Comics kind of days. Like back in the 30s, 40s, probably 50s. But um, he's, <clears throat> when he's humans just a, weren't bench pressing a thousand pounds. Yeah, I mean, it's, he, he can do insanely obnoxious things that a normal human shouldn't be able to do. But then again, he's not a normal human. I mean, George Clooney's one even shows he can ice skate. <laughs> you know what's something I didn't think about, though? We think about things in terms of physical potential, but we don't ever think about things in terms of mental potential, right? We know that it's scientifically proven that people can, their brain can override their body, mm-hmm. equipping them with absurd amounts of strength and ability that would not normally be attainable to an average person. An average person could attain those things, but in like dire circumstances. <clears throat> so you take somebody like Bruce Wayne, who is mentally sharp enough to be able to train himself to be able, be able to do just about anything he want, puts his mind to. Is it possible that somebody like him can literally override Everything that that type of stuff. I was almost similar to how I described um, Michael Myers to you. Like we were talking about, like why why is Michael Myers so strong? Is it that obviously I know he's not realistic per se, but like in uh, the Rob Zombie movie, he carried a thousand pound tombstone back to his 
old house. Like, how would he do that? Like, that's not normal. No, not to you, but to somebody whose brain doesn't tell him they can't do something. Yeah. He just does it. You know, and I almost wonder if, like, Batman's strength or his abilities come from somewhere of that realm. Like, has he just unlocked his body? You know what I mean? To where well, he... Well, I mean, like like we said in, in the notes, he's mastered 127 different martial arts styles. I mean, and... if there's anybody who could... Who could crack the code of their brain to be able to do it's stuff Bruce like Wayne. that? It's Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I mean, again, and then on top of that, he did twenty. He has twenty three plus languages too. He knows twenty three that he's mastered. Yeah, like he's fluent in twenty three plus languages. That's ridiculous for some human to even. I, I can't do English. In and I think the impressive crazy. thing too is the thing. Okay, like things we know about humans, like typically after the age of five. Your brain starts to solidify. So basically, what have you learned by that point in your life? It's pretty much what you're going to know. Anything after that is going to become difficult. Learning a new language or whatever. We know Bruce, his parents didn't die till he was... Preteen. Preteen. Teenager. I mean, I would say probably between 10 and 13-ish, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if they ever like specific about his age, but we know he's a little bit older. Um, and I don't know if he learned any of those languages when he was a kid, but I'm sure he did. I'm sure he learned a couple. You know, he's obviously education for somebody as wealthy like him might be a little bit different. But you know that he forced himself to learn this stuff later on in his his life, in his late teens or early adulthood. He learned all this stuff, which means he was literally force feeding his brain with information nonstop. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, so yeah. to be able to not only interpret it, take it in, but to apply it and retain it is absolutely absurd. So, I mean, that's... That, I mean, his intelligence certainly... Overprints. Almost any <coughs> other skill or... It's, it's arguably yeah. one of his, his best assets. Yes, including his suit. I love his suits. I don't particularly like... I know a lot of people like the gray and, like, navy one. I don't really like those that much. I don't know why it's never appealed to well, me. Well, honestly, the funny thing is, is the navy coloring actually isn't really the color of the suit. People act like it's the color of the suit. But in reality, when they used to draw comics in order to create highlights, yeah, they well, would... Yeah. yeah, but so somehow at some point in time, people are like, oh, he's got a blue cowl and a blue cape. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. Those are black. You just using blue highlights. I think I think that was kind of the same like Adam Westy genre. You know? Yeah, and it's somehow yeah, I'm just saying like it's funny like how, but people are like, oh, it should look like this. I'm like, it can look like anything it wants to. He's Batman. Yeah, he can have. He's like Iron Man, like 400 different suits. What difference does it make? Yeah, yeah. They all accomplish different goals too. Right. Times. I mean, that's like like that'd be like saying, oh, Batman shouldn't have a mech suit to fight Superman because that's not what Batman looks like. Okay, let's see Batman go fight Superman in, in a fabric costume. Oh, yeah, yeah. In Adam West costume. You can't do it. It's not possible. But I like how, like, okay, like, in other versions of Batman throughout the movies that they've done, his suit's really just a suit. It's, like, just to make him look like yeah, yeah. Batman. Then we got, I'm not saying, like, it didn't do anything, but it was never, like, 
really like thoroughly explained like what his suits were able to do, and then like like Michael Keaton, like he ripped the whole top of his cowl off like it was nothing, because like it was like literally just latex, right? Which is obviously what it really was, but. If Batman's cowl was actually meant to protect him, he shouldn't be able to do that. And it's just, like, so, like, we got, like, uh, Christian Bale's Batman, and, like, they explained, like... Thoroughly. Like, what, where, why he picked the suit he did, and, like, he, uh, you know, Lucius Fox says to him, sucker can stop a knife. You know what I mean? Like, it's literally... Yeah, uh, it's body. What about dogs? Because they're talking about chihuahuas. Yeah, it's literally body armor. You know what I mean? Like, and I like the, like, we want that route. And then, like... Like, when they changed his suit, why did they change his suit? He had a reason. Yeah. I can't move. I'm, it's slowing me down. I can't turn. I need to be able to turn my head. And I like that they finally addressed that as, like, a problem. Because we had all the years where he was just Batman did, did the Batman head turn. Yeah, yeah. Because he couldn't turn his neck because of the cowl. But at the same time, part of me didn't like it because I felt the the cowl added to the thickness of his neck, which made him look much more tough. Kurt Angle-like. Yeah. Um, so, like, there's, like, it's a give and a take. But I like, like, part of me is like, oh, it's cool. Like, I get, like, the separation of the plates allows him for more movement. And it, it will increase his speed and agility. But it makes him vulnerable to, you know, more knives and gunfire and stuff because there's gaps in his armor. You know, so, like, I like that there's scientific aspects to stuff. Like, when well, now we're getting into the day and age where people contemplate that stuff when they're creating yeah, yeah, yeah. this yeah this universe and it's not just i mean some of it is literally just bs you know like we're just gonna make something up for the sake of the movie or the story and it's not realistic i mean like an example like vibranium or adamantium they're not real right but that's you go into that knowing that too you know right but that's what i'm saying so like some things don't necessarily make sense but in their world it's scientifically sound but some stuff they do is scientifically sound but I like that we have characters like Batman and Iron Man that you can play off of that type of uh, thing and logic. And you're like, well, does this work? And, you know, like, people argue about this. Like, what's the science of these characters? Obviously, we know to some degree, you know, this stuff's not possible. But, like, in uh, Batman Begins, before he gets his cowl and he goes to talk to Gordon... And, uh, and then he runs out and jumps off to fire escape from one building to the next. And when they show Alfred goes in to see him and he's covered in bruises and stuff from that jump, from slamming his ribs off of it. And I mean, like, that's, that's realistic. Like, we're seeing, like, what would really happen if somebody did something like that. Because, like, in, like, like, Iron Man, like, you know if Iron Man fell out of the sky or, like, got tossed you know, through a building by the Hulk, the reality is the amount of jarring he would take would probably kill him. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, there's aspects to these movies and stuff that we don't get realism from because if it was realistic, they wouldn't last very long. That's why they're superheroes. Um, But Batman, he's just... (laughs) I was going to say he's in a league of his own, which is funny because obviously we talk about the Justice League, but... What really is the Justice League without Batman? Nothing. It doesn't exist. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, right? I mean, it's not knocking the other characters because those characters are, they're, they're powerful in their own right. But Batman brings them together. He gives them focus. He keeps them on point, And he's there to 
to be the brains of the operation. He doesn't usually let outside factors determine anything. He just has a plan and he sticks to it. And sometimes they hate him for it. Yeah. Literally, they get mad at him. And they want him, you know, want him to be gone or whatever. But they know that he's like a necessary evil. But that's why he's a loner because that's that's for, that's for what you get. Part, well, I mean, he is though. I mean, really, it is Corey is. I mean, he works with people when he has to, but he wouldn't do it by... He's not doing it because he wants to. It's because it's necessary. I mean, because he knows at his core that he works best alone because of the type of person he is. Um, but it's amazing what he can do on his own. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was thinking of the, the animated movie they did there, and uh, I can't remember what it's called, but... Where he's older, and um, they send Superman's not working for the government. They send Superman to go and basically bring him in, and um, he's got his mech suit, and uh, he planned the whole whole encounter with Superman, and uh, Superman's like basically you know need to bring you in. They're this is what they want, and. Bruce is like, basically, I'm not going down without a fight. And he's, yeah. like, he's like, don't make this harder than it has to be. He goes, if it's not me, then it'll be somebody else. He goes, oh, really? He goes, if it's not you, then who would they send after you? Like, if it's not you, if you can't beat me, then who who can? Right, right. But he has, Batman ends up beating him. In his old age, still able to beat Superman, right? He's playing this whole thing. And the thing that killed me, is he said to him, He's like, I want you to remember this moment for the rest of your life. He's like, I want you to remember the one man that beat you. He's like, I could have gone easy on, or he's like, I didn't have to go easy on you. He's like, you know, a little bit more tinkering, a slightly stronger dose. He's like, I could have killed you. He's like, I just want you to remember that. And then he just leaves him. Like, like who else other than Batman could take down somebody like Superman? And I think that's when you have a quote in there, right, about from Superman. Well, no. So basically, it, they Superman has admitted that Batman is one of the only people or things that even scare him ever, like at all. He doesn't. He's afraid of a godlike being is intimidated yeah. by a man, a human, right? And I think that is an it's a testament to to Batman's abilities. Overall, I mean, he is a scary, scary man, if you want to call him a man. And I know that at certain, it was a comic where I believe they, I don't know the entire story, but from the gist I got, they said that at some point in time, he actually transcended his own humanity. I don't know the whole story to it, but um, obviously in some regard, that means that he had to have leveled up in some, some manner else. <laughs> He Mario'd his way out of out of being a human. Yeah, but I mean that's just it, Batman's a crazy character. I mean, it doesn't matter which version of Batman either, really. I mean, he's he's just a crazy, crazy guy. I mean, the things he can do, his level of, of intelligence, his his all around knowledge and understanding of things, his ability to apply technology, his strength, his fighting ability is just absurd. I mean, hand-to-hand combat, I don't think there's many characters, knowledge-wise, that could fight him. If he was on equal terms with them physically, I don't think there's much of anybody that could physically take him on. 
if they're on the same level, like well, strength yeah, yeah, wise yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. I'm not like saying like Superman obviously could bust him physically easily. Sure. But like if Batman and Superman were equals, but Batman had the level of knowledge of fighting he and does. Planning and all right, that. Batman would just destroy people if he was that yeah, type. Nobody of, would stand a chance against him. No, not even close. Nobody stands much of a chance as is. Right. Let alone. I think the only and that's the thing. So Batman at his strongest, he's a planner. You give him time to plan a situation out, you're not going to beat him, almost certainly. If if you have a situation where he doesn't have time walking into something, he most certainly has the potential to be beaten, depending on the circumstances. And even then, you're probably still going to get a run for your money. And it would take a very well-off character... He almost never lets that happen, though. He almost never allows himself to be in a situation where he can't plan something ahead of time. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, So, that's where this... Uh, go, getting into uh, the topic for next week where they're going to fight is going to be interesting. Because there's a few different ways we can spin it. Obviously, you and I have got to discuss what our scenarios are going into this. But um, I think it's going to make for an interesting fight. Um because they're both very, very highly intelligent. They both have technology, weapons, um, a lot of different things that give them uh, upper hands in certain manners. And, um, yeah, I think it, it would come down to circumstances. And without saying too much more, you know, obviously we'll save that for next week. It's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, Batman is most certainly a worthy opponent for any character in any universe. And uh, that's why I love him, and I don't know what you want to say before we wrap things up here, but I, I think it's I think he's I think it's gonna be a lot closer of a fight for Batman and Iron Man than a lot of people would want to bet. I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, Iron Man's stuff is better." Yeah, his stuff is better. Probably he has suits that can fly, and he has you know jet propulsion, and he's got this and that. But Batman doesn't need that. If he needed it, he'd have it, right? Like, he has it if he wants to. He just doesn't need it. He doesn't need that stuff. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's going to come down to circumstances. It could go either way. And we'll have to discuss those. We'll have a few different scenarios ready, obviously, and ideas to discuss. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's obviously loads and loads of information about Batman that we could continue to to look up and throw out there for people. But, I mean, you got to... You gotta call it somewhere for an hour long episode here, but this was fun. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I really don't know what else to say. I mean, Batman, Batman's yeah, Batman. Batman. I'm Batman, Batman, you know. Yeah, Team Batman for me all the way. But yep. So uh, obviously, our first DC character and uh, heading off against the Marvel character. So we finally got our first crossover, and it ought to be interesting. So we'll uh, catch up with you guys next week. Stay tuned. Peace. Yeah. See ya.